0: This show is brought to you by indywrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA and more. Click the Fight TV link on wrestlingmayhemshow.com to support this show and watch pro wrestling, MMA, boxing and so much more. And listeners like you, support this show at patreon.com/wrestlingmayhemshow. <laughs> Hey guys, it's the Indie Mayhem show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitters here in the Mayhem Studio in Pittsburgh, PA, for an indie wrestling chat. As we do on this show, we talk about people we talk with and to people and about people all around the indie wrestling world. Uh, from the wrestlers to the people working behind the scenes to people around wrestling. Uh, myself, a video producer here in the Pittsburgh area with the uh, IWC, the RWA, and working with US. And uh, we we got a returning guest. We haven't had this guest on since episode 10, but first, please check out everything at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. You can find the Indie Mayhem Show uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and video versions on the Wrestling Mayhem Show Facebook and YouTube page. And also, don't forget you subscribe to the Wrestling. Uh, Wrestling Mayhem show super feed on iTunes as well so you can get everything Wrestling Mayhem show that we do and we do about uh let's see last count four or five at least six episodes a week of uh, various shows, uh, various versions of wrestling shows we're doing here on the network, and of course all the rest of the things over at SorgatronMedia.com. If you have anybody you think we should be chatting with on the show, uh, any questions for any guests that we've announced in the future, please uh, drop us a line at GoodTimesAtWrestlingMayhemShow.com or the hotline at four one two wms 0 And of course keep an eye on that Facebook Live because we tend to pop up here and there, especially if we get a last-minute guest um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll throw it up there and see who might pop in just like, uh, Brandon and Donald are, uh, this evening on, uh, the, uh, Facebook live. So, like I said, it, it's been, it's been like three years since we've had this guest on. He was, uh, an up and comer as I apparently described him on episode 10's, uh, show notes. Scotty Santiago joins us once again on the Indie Mayhem show. How you doing, man?
1: i'm doing all right uh i just got done working out right now at the the hybrid school of wrestling here in san antonio texas so uh if anybody that's listening to this happens to live in texas specifically south texas and you want to train wrestling and maybe run into me or something do a couple sets of squats with me that is uh currently where i'm training right now so That
0: that could be your new twitter handle squats with scotty
1: squats with scotty i i actually been uh, slacking on my squats. I've been doing more deadlifts lately, so I'm getting really into powerlifting, but for a while, I was squatting pretty much every day, so uh, that, was, that was a weird time for me, but it's whatever. I, I hated deadlifts for a while, but then I gradually got into them. It's a whole thing. That could be a whole other podcast right there. Absolutely. Uh, just my sort of playing around with powerlifting and stuff, but... Uh, but nobody wants to hear about that, right? No,
0: no, no. We could do a fitness cast, but I'm not the one to be a part of it. We can line you up with, I don't know, Bobby Shields or somebody that I knows, I know, does powerlifting. I got, I got, few people I know that are way better at that stuff than I am for sure. I barely get my five thousand steps in in a day. Uh, but anyways, last time we chatted with you here on the show, uh, we talked a lot about you, of course, trained by Funaki, the great Finaki. Um and uh, I think we determined you were on your way to Mexico for the first time as well. I I guess we should touch base with that. You know, uh, you know, I I, I guess it's a pretty good option there being uh, so close to the border in Texas. Um, So how have your adventures been since we've last talked to you?
1: Oh man. Well, I guess I could start off with that one going into Mexico. Like, uh, so the person that set it up for me was Lowrider, who I'm sure you mm-hmm. probably know of from IWC. Yep. A good friend of mine. Piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> can, I, can I say... I can say... No, it's been absolutely. A lot of time, so.
0: Absolutely. Especially when talking about Lowrider.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I love him. He's my brother. But um, the story, the plot thickens here in a little bit with him. Uh, but it comes back around and it's the whole thing. You'll laugh. You'll cry. Uh, but basically... Um, and you'll feel really weird at points in it, too. But for the most part, it's a it's a good story. So uh, anyways, uh, Lowrider was the one who originally set up for me to first start going out to Mexico. And it was uh, this small border town. Uh, it's called uh, Matamoros. It's right on the other side of Brownsville. So, um, you know, he was uh, set that up for me. And he was just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, come do this. It was supposed to be me, him, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, but Sammy canceled the night before we were supposed to go down there because he had been in a match with Masada and Masada had apparently like laid in on him a little bit. So he was just like, dude, I just don't want to go to Mexico right now. And it was like, "Uh, okay. So it was me low rider. And I don't remember who we wound up getting to fill in the third slot there, but we found somebody. And then, uh, you taking a selfie while I'm trying to tell you this story? No, no, no I'm
0: Instagramming, letting people know we're on here. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just so confused with technology. But, anyways, we went down there, and, you know, the first show that I went down there was like pretty big success for me, anyways. I mean, not like successful, like huge amounts of money or whatever, but I went down there and came back alive. So I consider that a success, uh, especially at the time. And so, you know, because everybody was like, oh, you're going to a border town in Mexico. Like, that's a death wish. You're, you know, you're going to die or you're going to get kidnapped or whatever. But Matamoros is like one of the more safer places, especially now, apparently it's like gotten way safer. But like Reynosa, which I've also been to, is a little bit more dangerous. They call it War City uh, for good reason. Um, It's uh, and it's like an hour away. Uh, and then further, the further west you go along the border, the more the more uh more spicy it gets. So, uh, you know, I haven't really made my way quite out to Nuevo Laredo or any of those places. Juarez, I'm not going there unless you're paying me in like at least quadruple digit payday. So, uh, and guaranteeing my safe return—that's always important. But, anyways, I'm getting off topic. So,
0: but, but generally, you know, other than the immediate kind of, uh, I guess, I guess physical harm threats. Uh, but you know, wh- how, how, how was it to, to work in front of, you know, a, a Mexican crowd like that versus, you know, what you see in Texas?
1: Mm. Well, I mean, like actually you'll see similar crowds in Texas, mm-hmm. just, you'll only see them at Lucha shows, you know? So, um, and I love being in front of Lucha crowds. I love wrestling in front of Lucha crowds cause they're just so like, I don't know, they get really into it, you know? And it's, you know, American crowds, people see people, you know, uh, you know, cheering for whoever, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, why are you cheering for this person or whatever?" In Mexico, you can just cheer for whoever you want. So, I mean, it's sort of it's sort of freeing in that sense, but uh, it's just interesting. It's a whole different uh, take on a lot of different things. So, the first time I go down there was the first time I'd ever wrestled a two out of three falls match because it was the main event. It was like a six man tag, and you know, usually with lucha shows, the you know, if it is a six man tag in the main event, it's always going to go two out of three falls. Even if it's not the main event, it's probably going to go two out of three falls. And I'd never done a two out of three falls match before. So it was like kind of a shock to the system. Cause it was like, I think we won the first fall and I was like, yeah. And nobody told me that it was two out of three falls. So, uh, they were like, no, we got to win at least one other time. And I was like, Oh, so, um, so yeah, that happened. But I mean, other than that, like, uh, you know, it was good enough to where the promoter wanted to bring me back or whatever, so I went back the second time with Lowrider and this guy. He's based out of Corpus Christi. His name's Poppy C. Good, good buddy of mine, Poppy C. And uh, we went down there. It was me, him, Poppy C. And the Necro Butcher was already down there. This was when Necro was still wrestling, and I think that was the first time I met him actually. And, uh, it was such a weird, that one was a weird experience. So we get there and I'm pretty sure Poppy C is okay with me telling the story. But, um, so we go down there and, uh, so it was going to be basically originally I was thinking, okay, it's just going to be another two out of three falls match, uh, with, you know, six man tag, whatever. And I wound up being in a two-out-of-three-falls match, but it was with, like, two random people that were local to there, and then Lowrider and Poppy C were in, like, some weird handicap tag match against Necro Butcher and some Lucha guy. And so, you know, I'm going and doing my thing, and the main event of this show was going to be some of the midget wrestlers from AAA. I, I don't know if midget's the proper term or whatever, but whatever whatever the proper nomenclature is and um so you know they're there and you know triple a guys in particular uh they're kind of notorious for partying and stuff like that and it was so funny because the promoter was like he came up to us uh before and he was like all right i don't want any drinking in this locker room i don't want any smoking in this locker room i don't want basically like no nonsense in this locker room and um so we were like okay no problem And these midget lucha guys were drinking. I don't know what it was. It was like some kind of like the way they described it to me was it was like some kind of wine or something. And um, so they're drinking, they're drinking. And apparently we were all like had a couple beers or something before the show even started. So it was like that. Rule flew right out the window before it even started. Like pretty much as soon as it left his lips, it was like, "Uh huh, okay." And then he left. And then Necro Butcher, you know, pulls out a case of beer or something. So, um so we start drinking, and I have you know one or two beers or something because it's still the afternoon. Show doesn't start until seven or eight or whatever. So I'm like, "Ah, eh, whatever, no big deal." But Poppy C starts drinking, and then he keeps drinking, and then he keeps drinking. And then the case runs out, and then he starts drinking with these Mexican midgets. And meanwhile, you know, I'm getting ready for my match and doing my thing and, you know, um, trying to talk to the guys that are on my team and whatever and find some common ground and stuff like that. And he's just still drinking, and I'm not noticing any of this at all. And so I go out, I do my match, and then come back and then they were going to be next. So Lowrider and Poppy C. goes out. And I didn't notice anything out of the ordinary. And probably like seven minutes go by. And this was supposed to be a two out of three falls match. Seven minutes go by. And, you know, I'm getting out of my gear and stuff like that. And Poppy C. comes back. And he, looks, he looked like he had gotten concussed. You know, so I was like, Poppy, are you okay? You know, like I thought he had gotten his bell rung or something like that and he's just like i don't know what happened out there and you know i don't know like i don't i don't remember and so he was really freaking me out cuz i was just like oh my god like he got spiked on his head or something the ring in that uh town in Matamoros was like the worst ring that i've ever been in it's like 60 something years old they leave it outdoors uh the padding is carpet so i mean it's really rough ring in that town And I was just like, oh, my God, like, you know, Poppy's got amnesia. He doesn't know who he is right now. And um, so about three minutes more go by. Lowrider comes in and he's like, bro, don't even worry about anything. Like, just chill out. It's all going to be okay." And I was and now I'm really freaking out because I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like Poppy dove into the crowd or something and landed on some cartel guy or something. And we're all going to (laughs) die. You know, so I mean, that's that's where my mind was going to at that point, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is the second time I've been in Mexico, and I'm going to die here, uh, you know, at this weird lucha show or something, and I'm only sort of going to understand what's going on at this point. And um, a couple more minutes go by. Necro Butcher comes in, and he's bleeding from uh, from his forehead, and I was like, Oh my God! And he was like, Don't even worry about it. This happens all the time. It's happened to me a bunch of times. And I was just like. In my mind, I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I'm trying to put the pieces together. What had happened was Poppy had gotten, like, super drunk. I started calling him Sloppy C after this. And, uh, you know, he goes out there, and I mean, he's a really athletic guy, especially even more so at the time. Like, he injured his wrist and took some time off, so he's not quite as spry as he used to be. But back in the day, I mean, he could just do whatever. And... um you know, apparently he had gone out there after having drank way too much with these triple a midgets and, uh, you know, tried to do a bunch of stuff that you probably shouldn't do once you've had, you know, multiple, multiple drinks in you. So, um, and then apparently just, you know, like tried to put necro butcher into a chokehold or something. So he had to fight out of it and stuff like that. And it, I, I didn't see it. I wish I had, I wish I had that on video so I could have seen what actually happened. But, uh, in particular, the one thing that I know happened is Poppy C, his big thing that he likes to do is a springboard leg drop, which I don't know why you would ever do in that ring because, like I say, it's basically like concrete. But uh, he tried to get up on springboard once. Didn't happen. Tried to do it twice. Didn't happen. Uh, finally, the third time, he like somehow did it and hit the worst leg drop ever. But uh, So that was the second time that I went to Matamoros. The third time... I was supposed to go with Lowrider, and he canceled on me because it was – I think it was uh, the same trip, matter of fact, that he was talking to the promoter, and the promoter was like, all right, I want it to be you and Scotty versus like the top two guys there, and it's going to be you and Scotty's hair versus this guy's mask and his brother's hair, and this guy's mask was like, you know, his dad was a luchador, and, you know, it was the same thing, passed down. So it was going to be, like, a really big honor.
0: So you you had, like, a hair versus mask match, like, your third time in Mexico?
1: Oh, yeah. I've had two hair versus whatever mas- uh, matches, wager mask uh, matches, basically. Okay. So I'll tell you about the second one a little bit later, because it ties in with Lowrider again uh, and a whole other thing, so... But anyways, so, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm,
0: by the way, I'm okay with an episode where we just tell Lowrider so- stories. That's absolutely low-rider.
1: Can we get Lowrider on at some we, point? We have to. We have to. And, okay, we will because he's he's such a trip. Like I wish I could get... If you can get Sammy Guevara on here and talk to him about that too because I'm sure he's probably got just as many, if not more, Lowrider stories than I do. But um, no, I've definitely got a few. And we'll get it... We'll, we haven't even touched on the good ones yet, so... Um, but so the third time I'm going, yeah, they had set this up. It was supposed to be our hair versus, you know, this really respected guy. He's like the, you know, there's the commission, uh, wrestling commission in Mexico. And he's like, you know, all keyed in with that and stuff like that. And they've, you know, given him the seal of approval to train people down there. Pretty big honor. He's like the maestro of like the town or whatever. So, or one of them. Uh, which is a pretty big deal on Lucha. And so it was supposed to, that was how it was supposed to go down, probably like a week or two before we were supposed to go down. And this is why I say Lowrider's my brother, but he's also a piece of shit. He was just like, oh, bro, like he calls me up, oh, bro, uh, I don't want to, go and lose my hair and i was like what are you talking about dude we already agreed to this like in mexico they take that really serious like you have to actually sign a contract saying like yes i'm coming to like wrestle this match so i mean it was more or less legit you know which, I mean, obviously, which
0: i don't know if, if if a lot of people realize there's very few times a contract in any wrestling
1: no, almost never. Yeah, but exactly. In, in Lucha, for this specific situation, yeah, because probably for this exact reason yeah. of guys just being like, oh, yeah, I'll lose my hair. And then like, uh, I kind of don't want to risk it. So um, so rider just bailed out on me probably like a week or two before we were supposed to go down there. So, you know, I'm, you know, trying to find anybody that's willing to go down there and that's willing to put their hair on the line. Um, I wound up getting my buddy Dylan Dunbar, who um, you know I trained with at Funaki School, a uh, really good guy, and uh, wound up somehow convincing him to go down there. And then we also went down there with Ruben Steele, which also, weirdly enough, ties in with the picture that you originally uh, put up on there of us in the Border Patrol shirts with uh, Super Mario, which ties in again see this is why i wanted to do sort of like tarantino art house without (laughs) telling this story because this this was three years ago but it wound up coming back into play a couple like a month ago so but we'll we'll work our way there eventually so uh you see you have to watch the whole podcast to to see what i'm talking about because that's going to come up later but um so we go and we wrestle and it was probably for me that was maybe like my 20th or 30th match and Dylan had just injured his shoulder. I think like a couple days beforehand, like I think he pulled it out of socket or something like that. And I was really nervous. I was like, are you sure you can do this? And he was like, yeah, he had never been to Mexico. He'd only had maybe like, I think he had had maybe like five matches at that point. Um, But we went down there and we had probably still to this day, I haven't seen a crowd that was that, like, just, you know, passionate about a match and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's a whole different situation when a crowd knows, like, okay, either this guy's going to lose his mask and his brother's going to lose his hair, or these two guys are going to lose their hair. So, I mean, they're just, I don't know, the energy is just different than anything I've ever felt in a wrestling match. And for a long time, that was probably, like, best match i had ever been in and, and, and in my opinion
0: a little bit of background for those that maybe don't follow lucha or watch lucha underground where they explain this thing a lot like 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 losing the mask is is a pretty significant thing like it's a career changing thing so even mm-hmm. that there was only one person in there with a mask on the line that 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 was a lot of weight to that match
1: well also losing your hair too i mean me personally i don't look very good bald. So right, I mean, right right it's it's pretty disrespectful to like just shave a guy's head so
0: yeah but it, 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 and it's significant but still like losing a mask and and having oh, your yeah. face revealed is a game to, like your hair grows back you know even yeah. if you got long oh, walks yeah. your hair will grow back eventually right you can't rehide your face uh, oh, apparently yeah. unless you're Rey Mysterio
1: yeah i don't i don't know how that works out <laughs> yeah. but anyways uh this guy in particular the one that i had this match with um his name is Kalma jr he wrestled in triple a back in the 90s Hmm. and uh he recently lost his mask to uh this other guy pantera blanca jr and uh but i mean it was like a huge thing like i saw that they were putting doing mask versus mask and i was like man there's no way he's gonna lose that mask because it was his dad's mask like it's been passed down through his family he's already given it to his nephews, you know, like uh he's got two nephews in there, Calmita, Kalmita one and Calmita two. So um, you know, I was like, there's there's no way. Like that's it's him, you know. Um but he wound up losing his mask and it was like a huge shock for me later. So obviously he didn't lose the mask to me and I lost my hair. So spoiler alert. But um yeah, so I mean it was a great match like I say and you know like I've kicking myself like i have so many matches like that that are so good that just are lost to time because nobody filmed them or anything like that but um that one in particular i mean it just for sentimental reasons just cuz it was so like um just so crazy you know i jumped off of a flower shop uh that was adjacent to it like the <laughs> the the venue that we were at was outdoors and then it was like right next to a flower shop so i like climbed up this wall and, like Dived on to everybody. Um, it was pretty nuts. But in the end of it, we both lost our hair. And then the next day, we go over to Reynosa, which is where we took that picture. Because uh, Ruben Steele had managed to get us a show there. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, uh, we can just get this set up. Because he had been there a few times before. So we go there. And we didn't know, really, the promoter at all. Like, I had never met him or talked to him or anything. And then a couple of weeks before the show, they put their poster out. And they're like, Scotty Santiago, Dylan Dunbar, Ruben Steele, the Border Patrol. And I was like, oh, so we're the Border Patrol now, apparently. Um, and so we get there, and the guy who was running the show is like, okay, here you go. And he hands us, like, these Border Patrol shirts, Border Patrol hats. The whole works, you know, the whole deal. And um, we go out there and wrestle as the Border Patrol. And, you know, wrestled against, oh, there it is. for for the, You might need to raise it. I don't see it.
0: Oh, that's okay. It's on there, camera.
1: Oh, it's on there. Okay, okay. I see. So we're on... How many cameras you got going on over here?
0: Yo, I'll show you a picture after this.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, after we get off. But so anyways, yeah, that was us with uh, Super Mario. Um, it was a really weird... Renosa was kind of like very psychedelic in that way with their their Lucha because uh, we had Kung Fu Panda on the show. Nice. <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2. There were two of them. Um... Koki stoberman who was just like a dog uh i'm pretty sure that guy mario had like his grandson who was luigi so it was uh that was interesting very strange i met uh, big mama from AAA, who is uh really really like aggressively flirtatious with all of us um so that was that was interesting for sure but uh that was another two out of three falls match i almost um I almost burned my face off in that match actually a matter of fact before the match even started. So um we're going out through it wasn't a curtain even. It was like the entrance had like these two pieces of like plywood split down the middle and you had to like open up the plywood and like walk through it. It was really weird. But so, you know, we get out and we're just like, yeah, you know, they'd given us a bunch of tortillas and stuff to throw at people and just all kinds of weird (laughs) stuff, like silly string. So I'm just like, yeah. And, you know, I turn and I didn't know that this venue had pyro, which, cause I mean, you know, indie wrestling, you never see pyro at indie wrestling. And so I'm just, yeah, you know, doing my thing. Ah, Mexico sucks. And I turn and this is like right where their little, deal is for pyro and this flame just shoots out of it like half a foot away from my face and i'm just you know whoa so um that happened you know as basically as soon as i walked out of the curtain but uh you know wrestled there apparently like uh the original la was in the crowd too which i was like oh man that's awesome you know like i thought that was really cool just because i was a huge la fan growing up so um but yeah, so that was the third time I went to Mexico. And then we'll we'll get to the fourth part. So we'll we'll I'll give you the abridged notes. So I came back and um a bunch of stuff ha- stuff happened after that. I broke up with my girlfriend who I had been with. Uh we've been together two or three years. And we're still friends now, actually, but, like, it just wasn't working out for either of us. She had some stuff going on. I had some stuff going on. So kind of called it quits there. I didn't really have anything going on for me at the time. Uh, I was living with my other buddy who I trained with, Andrew Funaki. His name was Dylan Divine. So we got Dylan Dunbar, and then we got Dylan Divine. We got the two Dills. The way you can remember them is Dylan Dunbar has a Y. Dylan Dunbar has an I. So, uh, it gets confusing, especially when they tag team together because they team up occasionally, uh, not so much anymore, but when they were, it was just like, okay, so you're Dylan and Dylan, like, I don't know. It was, it was strange. And they also had a a third guy that they were running with who we teamed with named, uh, Donnie Brooks. And there was this one show in particular where they were uh, introducing themselves to, uh, I think, uh, the guy who was running the show and, we had brought in this other guy, Donnie Davis, who's a referee from Austin because they needed a referee. And so they introduced themselves and they're like, uh, they each introduced themselves and the guy running things is like, so you're Dylan, Dylan, Donnie and Donnie. Right. And they were all like, yeah. And he was like, you're all a bunch of idiots. But, uh, anyways, so I had been living with Dylan divine and his lease ran out. He, Move, he eventually moved in with the woman that he would later marry, and uh, so I didn't really have anything going for me. Once again, Lowrider popping back into my life. Uh, you know, hey bro, uh, I'm gonna be moving down to Mexico City and you know wrestle for this company, uh, XMW, and you know like they have a uh, this house in Mexico City and it's haunted, but we can live there. And you know, like he legitimately told me that this house was haunted by this dead woman or whatever and trying to sell me on it. And I was just like, well, that's not a good selling point, but I'll still go there and do it. So, um, wound up doing that. i filled up, uh, or I finished off uh, the bookings that I had here. I was wrestling for a couple of local promotions at the time, ACW inspire a couple other ones. And, um, you know, wrapped all that up and was just like, all right, you know, let's do this. I'm going to Mexico. Um, uh, 'Cause I mean flights from San Antonio to Mexico City are super cheap, so I basically like sold whatever stuff I had off and was that was the idea, was I was just gonna go down there and have a go at it. And get down to Mexico City and shit immediately starts fucking up, like from the get-go. So I lost my wallet in the Houston airport, which I didn't realize until after I got to Mexico City. Um, cause you know, lowrider gets there and he's like, bro, do you have like $2 that I can borrow? And I was like, do they accept American currency here? And he was like, bro, I just need like $2. And so I go to reach for my wallet and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, my wallet's not here. And this is like day one in Mexico. It had fallen out of my jacket that I had cause it was, I went down there in November of 2014 and it was like pretty cold in San Antonio where I'm from. And so I flew down to Mexico city and it's just like sweltering and I had this huge jacket on. So I take the jacket off and then, um, later we went like an hour away and it was freezing again cause it was like up in the mountains. But anyways, um, so yeah, I get there. I realize I don't have my wallet. And so I'm talking to him and I'm like, well, all right, bro. Like, let's go to the house, you know, like let's, let's do this, uh, this house that this company has for us. And he's like, Oh bro, we can't go there right now, but we're going to go stay with my aunt. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay, so so what part of Mexico City does your aunt live in?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, bro, my aunt doesn't live in Mexico City." And I was like, "Well, where does your aunt live?" And he was like, "Ah, oh, she lives in like this other town. Uh it's called uh, Altepec, which is uh like an hour and a half away from Mexico City." Uh pretty relatively small town um so i'm just like okay so we get on a bus and we you know head out that way and i mean his aunt and his aunt's family were like super super nice people like just the nicest people and the most patient people as you will find out a little bit later on in this story so um Lowrider's like, yeah, bro, you know, um, just doing his whole thing and whatever. Every Everything always starts out with, yeah, bro, with him. Um, so I'm just like, you know, trying to talk to him. And I'm like, all right, well, are we going to be wrestling for this company that we were going to be in the house of? And he was like, oh, no, bro, we're not even going to be working for them. We're going to be working for this other company, DTU, which I don't know if you've heard of or not. They're like kind of deathmatch company there, so... The other the other company we were going to work for was a deathmatch company, so I knew what I was signing off on. Um, but I had actually heard of DTU; like they had a really good um, like YouTube show, YouTube series, like very professional looking stuff. And I was just like, "Oh hell yeah!" Because I'd actually heard of them. I was like, "This is going to be great! Like I'm going to be wrestling for DTU. I'm sure they're super professional and this this and that and whatever." And so. This ties into the second time I lost my hair, matter of fact, because it was the very <laughs> first match I had for DTU. Uh, so uh, we get to the first show. So, well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll back a little bit. So DTU had a school, a joint school with AAA in. Uh, let's see, that was Tulancingo, which was probably like a 30-minute walk away from where we were staying. And I know it was exactly a 30-minute walk because I made that walk almost every day. And um, so, you know, we were starting to train there and stuff like that. And we were like, all right, the tour is going to be starting on such and such a day. It's just meet here and whatever. Uh, So we met there. We get on this bus, this tiny bus, and, you know, filled to the brim of just – various lucha guys. The ring was in this bus also. Like they somehow shoved the ring down the aisle. Oh, so Wait, you know, I mean was it... it was it was it was so, literally like we were treated like circus animals on so this thing. So it was
0: just like you're on this bus and there's just like a pile of boards and bars?
1: Boards and posts, the oh, whole wow. the whole deal. You know, so I mean we were in the bus traveling with the ring. There was no trailer, no nothing. It was it was in there. So you know, We get into this bus, and we go to our first show, which was in Pachuca. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an aside really quick before I keep going. So my phone at the time, I have every date, I have every show, I have every match, I have every opponent written down in the notes section of my other phone. But this was slightly before cloud computing, so it's still in there, but the phone is broken. So uh, off topic, but if anybody watching this knows how to revive a SIM card, or, well, it wouldn't even be a SIM card, would it? Because it was an iPhone. I don't know how that works, but if somebody can figure out how to resurrect that, all the information's on there. So I'm more or less going off of memory right now, uh, and my memory's not so good these days. But I'll I'll try my best. So so we go to Pachuca, which was I think like 45 minutes, an hour away, something like that. And we're wrestling, and oh man, once again coming into you know empty promises and wrestling and stuff like that. I've had so many of these, especially on this particular trip or whatever. So we run in, we run into these people who were from uh, this channel called uh, Gala Television, which is like. Runs in a lot of South American countries and stuff like that, Spanish-speaking countries. I, I
0: think Gala is the one that came here to Pittsburgh. My friend, my friend works with the Scarehouse Haunted House, and they came and did a feature with them.
1: I w- I want to say it was Gala, but it, it might have been. Sounds right. It might have been something else completely. I don't yeah. Know. Again, like I say, my memory I get kicked in the head a lot of times, so yeah, you know, yeah some yep. of this a little fuzzy. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. So. Um so they were filming a documentary and they were like, Oh, you know, whatever and like they wound up starting to like interview me and stuff like that and I was like, Oh, this is going really well. So you know, I mean like my first this was still like my first week or two there and I was like, Oh, this is great. Oh man, I just realized I I skipped ahead a little bit. This was like my second or third week there because my first week there I wrestled at a wedding. So remind me about that. I'm gonna finish this story. (laughs) I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this story, but I want to talk about that wedding because that was a fun story. Um, so so we go to this city, uh, Pachuca, and we set up the ring or whatever. And Low Rider comes up to me and he's like, hey, bro, once again, always, hey, bro. So I just talked to the promoter and he made a match that the loser loses either their mask or their hair. And I was like, okay, why are you telling me this? And he was like, because he wants you to be in it. And I was like, okay. And, of course, I wind up losing my hair at the end of it. And so the really messed up thing, again, it was a tag team thing with, like, multiple tag teams. Lowrider was my tag team partner. But somehow he was able to talk to the promoter to be like, well, it should only be whoever gets pinned loses their hair, or loses their mask, and not their teammate. So, I wind up taking the pin, Lowrider winds up sneaking out of the ring, a like, piece of shit. Lowrider, Rider my brother, I love him.
0: Lowrider is so worried about his hair.
1: He, well, he has really nice hair. Yeah. Not, uh, not so much anymore, but at the time, he had like kind of a like mohawk or something going on. It actually looks really cool. But, um, yeah, either way, you know, and I, I should say, I don't know if he went and talked to the promoter about that, but it was explained to me after that the reason why he didn't lose his hair was because it was the only, the person that got pinned was the one that lost their hair. So I lost, I lose my hair again. I wound up getting a badass mohawk out of it though. So it wound up working out. But, um, right off the bat stuff started getting messed up. So it was supposed to, that weekend it was supposed to be, we wrestled there. We get back on the bus, we go three or four hours south to whatever other town we were going to. And, um, I was going to wrestle again, so, you know, the show's over, whatever, I go, getting ready to get paid, and, you know, stuff like that, and because I was going to be in a wager match like that, where, you know, your hair's on the line, they were going to pay a little bit extra, so, you know, I go up to the promoter, and, you know, getting ready for my payday, which is, you know, pretty pretty substantial, and he was just like, oh, okay, you know, like, uh, we're running a little low on cash tonight, but, you know, we got this other show tomorrow, so we'll get you tomorrow. And me, of course, fresh-faced young guy in wrestling, not knowing any better, not just being putting my foot down, demanding my money. I'm like, oh, no problem. You know, we're gonna be on this tour together, so I'm sure I'm sure you're good for it. Next night comes, and you know, I'm my. Let's see, it would have been it would have been three hundred pesos that he was supposed to pay me, which is the equivalent. It was then. It was the equivalent of probably like. Yeah, 25, 30 bucks, something like somewhere in that neighborhood. So not, not a huge amount of money, but he was just like, Oh yeah, I don't have that money, but I promise I'll get it to you. And I was just like, okay. But it was, it was the start of a bad situation, but I'm going to, I'm going to intersperse that with a good situation. I'm going to talk to you about the wedding that I wrestled at. So again, lowrider, Hey bro, uh there's this guy, his name's Commander, and he's a wrestler and he's getting married and they're having a wrestling show slash wedding, you know, at uh this town, Tulancengo, the one that I was telling you that we walked to, and um he was like, you know, they're not gonna pay, but you know, like they'll feed you and you know, you can drink as much as you want, and I was like, Okay, cool. Like I wanted to do it just to say that I wrestled at a wedding, you know. Uh <laughs> So, you know, it was a six-man tag, two out of three falls. Uh, But what had happened was this was my introduction in Mexico to pulque, which is this drink that they brew that I'm pretty sure they made it from, like, aloe plants or something. But so they have – what they did was they had, like, these giant – like the water cooler jugs, you know, Mm -hmm. and they would fill it with this pulque, And then they just pour it out, you know, backstage in the locker room and be like, here it is, you know, so handed me a cup, I start drinking, hand me another cup, I start drinking. i had gotten probably like four or five drinks in me and I'm not really a huge drinker anyways. So this was my, this was my poppy C moment a little bit. Um, I was nowhere near as sloppy though. So I just want people to know the match was still pretty good. Um But yeah, like I wrestled at this guy's wedding. But the problem was I didn't stop drinking after I finished wrestling, uh, which I'll get to here in a second. So, uh, but it was just really strange. Like before the show, before the match, we weren't even started. um, They brought in like the bride and the bridesmaid, and um, we did like a little lap dance for him and stuff like that. Me and one of the other guys on the other team, and then the other guy you know, just blindsides me and smacks me in the back of the head as I'm giving this woman a lap dance. And so I just fall on top of her and (laughs) thought I killed her. I was like, Oh my God, are you okay? And she was like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. And I was like, okay, cool. And, um, you know, that was the start of the match basically. So, um, Yeah, so we wrestle, and then I'm drinking throughout the night, drinking more, drinking more. The mistake, the big mistake I made that you should never, ever do is you should never mix your liquors. Uh, I had no idea that people in Mexico were such big fans of whiskey um, and vodka and a bunch of other clear liquors that I wasn't expecting. I was just thinking, like, tequila central, but it was like, no, they're very, very diverse there when, when it comes to their drinking. So, I mean, they were handing me bottles of Jack and, you know, Patron and just everything under the sun. And, you know, I'm on top of the world because I'm eating all this food and drinking a bunch and a bunch of beautiful women there, too. So, I mean, that was always fun. Um, And eventually I got to the the point of no return where I was just like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sick right now. So, you know, I stumble my way into the the bathroom of the training center because it was the show wound up happening at the place that we trained at. And uh, so I stumble my way in there and, you know, start throwing up in the toilet, the groom comes and, uh, he's just like, Hey man, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just drank too much. And he was like, you want to have some cocaine? And I was like, no, (laughs) like, no, no, no. Uh, that was the first of many times I was offered cocaine in Mexico or well, it wasn't even the first. No, because like when I was in the North of Mexico, they offered it to me, but I'm not a, not a cocaine guy. I don't, I don't get down like that. So, uh but it was just funny that, you know, he offered it to me. And DJ Z was uh down there too and I told him that story and he just laughed at it. He was just like, Oh yeah, man, they offer people cocaine all the time. So <laughs> um,
0: As you do. As you do.
1: Well, I mean, when in Mexico do as the Mexicans do, but uh on that on that particular instance I was I was okay on that. So, so I was kinda I was in my own hell at that point of just being going from like the highest of highs of like, hey, I just had a cool match at a wedding to, oh, now I'm just vomiting in this bathroom <laughs> right now. So, uh,
0: <laughs> which is like like a, a pretty good metaphor for indie wrestling in general, isn't it?
1: I think so. Well, yeah. this whole the whole trip to Mexico was its own its own uh, microcosm of the entire time I've been in wrestling, really. Jeez. But um, so. Okay, so I already told about losing my hair. Twice. So they are filming this documentary. And, um, you know, they see me the next day. It was really interesting. We wound up staying at, oh, my God, okay. I just re- realized that this happened on the same trip. So lose my hair, and we're going to this other venue, or we're going to stay at this person's house. And I didn't know who this person was. But Lowrider later wound up telling me because the next show we were at uh, Atlantis was on, and he was like, "Bro, this this guy is Atlantis." He didn't have his mask on, so I didn't recognize him. But I'm a huge Atlantis fan. Atlantis fan, excuse me. I'm talking about the country and not the person. So, um, but yeah, like huge fan of his. Like I'd seen a bunch of his work and stuff. And he didn't tell me until, like, after we had already left or whatever. He was like, dude, that was Atlantis that we were staying with. And I was like, what? So <laughs> um, I was like, I really wish you could have told me that. I could have, like, picked his brain a little bit about, you know, a couple things that he does. Like, I I, def- I would have found something to talk to him about, you know. But, um, yeah, like, the whole locker room stayed there. I mean, he was a super cool guy. But basically, so me and Lowrider were hanging out. Uh, I think we were talking about, like, what we were doing the next day or something and we were like on his balcony because he had like this weird balcony that was next to his bathroom and uh so we're hanging out and we're looking up and I see this light in the sky and I'm looking at it and I'm just like you know that's interesting because it wasn't a star and I was I kind of just like looked at it and it was kind of like moving up and then moving down, and then moving to the side, and then moving to the other side. But it was staying in, like, relatively the same part of the sky, and it was, like, flashing different colors. It wasn't making any noise. It was probably, like, maybe a half a mile to a mile away from us. It wasn't a huge, you know, beam of light or whatever, but it was, you know, it was a thing. I don't I don't know what it was. Uh, and then it just kind of, like, you know, it stayed there for about ten minutes while we're having this conversation. And, um... Yeah. And then it just took off. And so I don't know what it was because we were in the middle of nowhere, too. It wasn't an airplane. It wasn't a helicopter. It just didn't make any noise. The only thing that I could think conventionally that it could be would have been like a drone. But why would it be flashing multicolored lights in the middle of the night? Uh, so I'm pretty sure I saw a UFO in Mexico with Lowrider. Um, and that was probably that was that was the pinnacle of that trip was um was having potentially an alien encounter there um so that was really weird but um so the next day we wake up and like these documentary people are interviewing me and this was like the end of their documentary or whatever it was just sort of like the day after I hadn't showered in three days I was still wearing the same clothes when they met me when I was like training at the DTU Academy um and I was like super gross my hair was all messed up and um they were. I was talking to the guy, uh, his name was Santiago, that was his first name, so I was like, oh, cool, you know, like, we have a connection here, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm trying to make this documentary, and this, this, and that, and, you know, we'll stay in touch, and I'll let you know what happens. Never heard back from him, so um, somewhere on somebody's camera, there's a bunch of tape floating around of that particular part, not the UFO part, but everything else, and, um, yeah, but... Who knows? I hit him up because uh, I found him on Instagram like way after the fact. And I was like, hey, man, what's up? Like, where's that footage? And he just never got back to me. So what are you going to do, right? But anyhow, so that whole tour, that tour lasted from the last weekend of December or no, the last weekend of November to like Christmas weekend and we went like all over Mexico. So we went to Guadalajara, we went to Veracruz, we went to um a bunch of other places. Again, like I say, I was on my old phone, so it was like a bunch of big cities but also a bunch of like small towns and stuff. Uh I mean, we were in a parade in this uh town called Rio Blanco, which is in Veracruz, uh which was like really strange. It was the first parade I think I've ever been in as a wrestler um just a bunch of other weird stuff uh trying to think but so a recurring theme throughout this entire tour was i was just super sick the entire time like nausea diarrhea vomiting the whole as bad as you think it could be it was that bad um because you know when i first started going down there people were like oh you're going to mexico don't drink the water you know you always hear that um, but the thing that I never realized, cause I was like, Oh, well, I guess like people that live in Mexico are just, their body gets used to it or whatever. And they'll just be able to drink water up and tap, you know, but it doesn't work that way because their water isn't treated like it is in America. So you can't just, you know, turn a spigot and maybe the worst you have to worry about is a little bit of lead unless you're in like Flint, Michigan or something like that. And It's a little bit worse, but, um, you know, here where I live, you can just turn a tap and drink water and not have to worry about dying immediately. Um, but, yeah, down in Mexico, they don't even mess around like that. They always get bottled water in, like, the big water jugs, like I say. Um, you can just go to the store and give them, you know, 25 pesos, which is, like, a little less than $2, and they'll fill the whole thing up. And... Um, So yeah, you know, like, uh, just you know, I what I didn't realize was that the water that they use to water crops and stuff like that is still that same untreated water. So I would be drinking, I would be eating fruits and vegetables and stuff like that, and I'd still be getting amounts of this water into my system. And so I think that was why I was sick all the time. But anyways, like it was just so bad. I mean. Just like I say, everything you can think of, and then wrestling on top of it, um, and so again, recurring theme going back to this whole tour, um, not getting paid—that was a—that was a big thing. So uh, there was, uh, there was only one instance where we didn't get paid anything, and I think that same night the promoter was like, you know, so the whole the whole thing, uh, the guy who ran the place, uh, his name was Crazy Boy. And he he was wrestling for AAA for a while, but I think he fucked them over. So what I never realized was, like, I didn't realize going into it that this guy was, like, a huge scammer, basically. But, I mean, he's an amazing scammer. I mean, my hat's off to him, Uh, you know, because of how brainwashed he had, you know, some of these people. And so, you know, we told, uh, we ran into a mutual friend of ours, me and Lowrider. We ran into our friend, uh, his name's Eric Ortiz, and he wrestles up in the north of Mexico and Monterrey area. Um, and he was like, oh, you're wrestling for crazy boy. Just be careful, you know, cause he's, you know, he fucks a lot of guys over on money. And I was like, what? Crazy boy. No, no way. You know, I didn't, I hadn't even met him at that point when I ran into Eric, I think. Uh, and he was like, well, he fucked me out of money. So I was just like, oh, well surely that won't happen to me, you know? And so, um, you know, yeah, there was only the one instance where we didn't get paid, but his whole thing was he would do these really long, like hour long speeches after a show. And just like, you guys all did great. You did amazing. You did amazing. Like, this was great. This is what we're going to do tomorrow. Oh, by the way, there's no money. I'm going to go to my hotel. Now you can all sleep in the venue basically. So, um, there was, there was only one instance of that where we actually like, or where he pissed off and then everybody else was just sleeping in the venue. But thankfully, uh, Lowrider knew somebody in that town who, uh, it was actually a Chica Tormenta who, I don't know if you know of or not, Chica Tormenta, she was in, um, recently she got a look at the performance center, so okay. anyways, she's really, really, oh, really I, good.
0: Was she announced perhaps for the new women's tournament?
1: I, I You're asking the wrong guy. I'm not the it
0: might be. But, anyways.
1: But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she was either. She's really just phenomenal, amazing, amazing wrestler. Um, You know, if anybody's watching this, pause it really quick, pull up some YouTube or something, look her up. Uh, But, anyways, yeah, we wound up staying with her. But, interesting side note, two interesting side notes, because this was uh, actually, that was kind of a turning point for this whole uh, tour that we were on. So. Lowrider comes up to me and he talks to me. He's like, "Bro, I'm in love with this girl. Not Chica Tormenta, but her roommate. Uh, Chica is like a sister to Lowrider. So I and, mean, and and not
0: by the way, I just looked up real quick. Not her unless she's going under a different name. Wait, what? She's not. That's not her in the tournament unless she's going by a different name. I didn't see her on the list.
1: So she she's, could very well be. I don't know. But
0: yeah, but, it doesn't mean she's yeah. not going to be, but not yet.
1: Mm. But, um, so Lowrider comes up to me he's like, I love this girl, Chica's roommate. And so I'm like, you love this girl? Okay, cool. Congratulations, man. Like, that's awesome. You know? So he was like, no, bro, you don't understand. Like, I love this girl and I'm going to be staying with her in Guadalajara. And I was like, okay, so what's going to happen to me? And he was just like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'll talk to her and see if you can stay here and so i'm just like and i mean this was literally like i think two or three days before we go to guadalajara that he's telling me this and we're having this conversation and so i'm just like well what's gonna happen to me he's like oh let me talk to him and i'm pretty sure i can get you you know to stay in guadalajara with us and i was like okay and so you know he comes back to me a little bit later and he's like, "Oh yeah, bro, like, you know, like they don't they don't want to have like some random person living there," which is totally understandable. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, be like, "Oh, these people who I never met before are assholes for, you know, not not agreeing to, you know, uh, board me up or anything like that." So, you know, I was kind of pissed off, and at that point, I was just uh, Lowrider and I had basically been living together at his aunt's place for that would have been early december or no that would have been mid december yeah so that would have been mid december of 2014 and at that point i was just so fed up of his bullshit and i was just like i fucking hate you dude <laughs> like just just go be with this girl be happy um i'll figure it out so um so that was the first thing that happened that was interesting. There, we wound up staying with her. Super nice. Her roommate was super nice too. Lowrider. So, okay. So this wasn't even what I was going to say. This was a third thing that I just remembered. But so
0: <laughs> we still have. To, by the way, wait, wait. wait I wanted just to, just to keep you guys hanging on here. We still have okay. to get back to the border patrol stuff that came around Ooh. recently.
1: Oh man, that's going to be such a such a juicy payoff for the people that actually stayed through this entire podcast. This is
0: one of the longer ones, and we had J Rock last week.
1: How long have we? How long have we been going? My phone's on. I got like,
0: about fifty-two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Jesus Christ! Okay, well then I'll try and I'll try and wrap up at least like this portion. We okay. maybe have to do a part two or something. Um, oh man, that's not a lot of time. Let's try and figure out how we're going to do this. So, uh, Lowrider goes to stay with this girl, and I continue on. Uh, go. I wind up staying with his aunt for like another two weeks uh, before I wind up getting a bus ticket up to Matamoros and I stay up there for another week. And then I came back to the States, uh, long story short, that's the abridged version. We'll maybe get back to that here in a second, if we can. But I,
0: I, um, I feel like, I feel like that's something we can hold on to for the inevitable you and lowrider Mexican stories thing. Yeah, which, would, which makes man, me want I want to I want to get DJ Z on here again to just talk Mexico too and just like have yeah. you guys go at it, some Mexican stories or something. So
1: Apparently DJ Z and Lowrider hate each other Oh, now, okay, so, not the like, same
0: they were, they were... not the same episode, but uh <laughs> Well,
1: I don't I don't know, maybe it's changed. Like people the, that's the interesting thing about Lowrider is like it ebbs and flows with them, so it's just like, you know, it's like I say he's a piece of shit, but ultimately he's my brother and just you know, you can't choose family, you know, nope. so, nope. but, um, so this girl who he wound up basically ditching me for in Guadalajara, they were together for a couple months and then he pissed off back to Houston because he got tired of her shit or something, or she got tired of his shit. I don't know what exactly happened. And so, um, yeah, so that relationship didn't even work out. So basically it kind of just fucked me over for nothing. Uh, <laughs> So it, it would have been a whole other thing if you would have, like, eventually married this girl. And then I could have been like, oh, well, you know, at least it wound up being something good. But it was like, ah, no, it was just a fling. So, um, so I wound up staying with his aunt for another two weeks. But anyways, so interesting third story related to this trip. So this was in Guadalajara, the city of Guadalajara. Um, and so, again, I have no money. I'm starving. Um, literally starving to death. So when I went down there, I weighed 195 pounds. When I came back, I was about 173. So lost, lost a pretty substantial amount of weight over the course of about three months. And um, so literally starving. to not uh, I wouldn't say to death, but pretty close. Um, and so I'm just wandering around this square in the city that we were wrestling in, and I see an orange tree and a light just goes off in my head because I'm just like, yes, you know, like, or a citrus tree. I don't know if it was necessarily an orange or anything, but so my whole thing was while I'm down there, I have no food. So like if I saw a cactus that had some cactus apples, I would cut off a cactus apple and like eat it really quick. You know, like it was literally like foraging hunter gatherer style at points on this trip. Um, it, Hey, it took, take me back to my roots, you know, of, Wow, you know, this was this was real paleo people talk about the paleo diet (laughs) I was living it Uh, so I see this orange and I you know I'm just like oh my god this is like such a godsend right here like yes I got this orange you know I'm fucked up my body's fucked up I'm sick all the time you know I have no food I have no money but at least I have this one orange and I eat this orange it was a pretty gross orange uh, because I mean it was growing in a square in Guadalajara you know and Interesting side note on that: uh, the same square was having um, a ska reggae music festival, which was a strange thing to run into. Guadalajara is actually like a super like metropolitan, beautiful city. Amazing like uh, subway system there too. Had Wi Fi on their subways. I was like, this is incredible. Why do we not have this anywhere in Texas? But it's just in Guadalajara. Like that's so stupid. But uh, not stupid. I mean, Mexico in general is awesome. But you know, anyways. So um I eat this orange and go and wrestle, go back to Chica Tormenta's place, and start feeling a little bit sick, a little bit nauseous, nothing new to me on this trip. I knew what was happening at this point, and so I run into the bathroom really fast and start throwing up and out comes well first a dead beetle comes out. Oh. And then a live beetle comes out after it. So there was a beetle that was still alive in me the entire time I was wrestling. Oh, and speaking of which, the same night, I broke this pinky finger. So this pinky finger got broken in the match that night. So that was a really interesting night. And then I wound up breaking this pinky finger later in Houston. So I've got sort of the matching pair right here at this point. So... um, Yeah, that was a really, that was an interesting night. And at that point I was just like, all right, I'm done with DTU. I'm done with this tour. Um, I wound up just staying at Lowriders aunt's place for that next week. And we were supposed to have like the culmination of the tour in Mexico City. And I was like, I just, I'm not going to go, you know, I don't want to, you know, because at that point it was just like, man, fuck this, like fuck DTU, fuck Mexico, fuck Lowrider, fuck all this shit. I'm out of here, you know, so... But I went up back up to Matamoros where I stayed uh, with the promoter of the original places that I started wrestling in Mexico and stayed with them for like two weeks or so, you know, trained with them and did some stuff. That was the one silver lining of that entire trip was I learned a bunch of like just crazy lucha shit, so... um so that was cool, but I mean, all the other stuff, it was not cool, but on the whole, I don't regret going down there. So it wound up being cool, but, um, man, there's so much other shit that I want to like discuss that happened after that when I came back to America, cause it was actually like really crazy. Like for a while I was like just mentally and physically and just emotionally fucked up after that. Cause it was just like, man, I had gone down there and I I didn't have any intention of coming back to America. I was like, okay, I'm going down to Mexico. I'm going to do this. This is just going to be my life now. I'm going to live in Mexico, and um, wound up not working out. And I mean, obviously, like I said, I lost a ton of weight, so my body was fucked up, really fucked up. And that was probably like the closest I've come to like wanting to quit wrestling at that point too. So I don't know. It was really, really very uh, dark time for me, honestly. Wow. For period of a couple months but you were giving me you were giving me a little thing i I think
0: i think that's a unfortunately i i think that's a good place to cap this episode for you okay because i I, like you said there's a lot more to discuss with you and i think Mm -hmm. i I, you know just the mexican story alone (laughs) holy crap uh (laughs) and and and, and i I think there's a lot we could talk about about what that does to your career afterwards and of course how Mm. the border patrol picture comes back around
1: Oh that's that's gonna be the hook for the next there you the go episode. so
0: go. let's cap it there um just very briefly i, I you know I, we would like to do kind of closing questions I'm not going to give you the typical ones um I don't know if we even did them when you're on last uh, I'm sure they'd be very different but but I'm gonna take a, a partial question from another show that we do uh okay. k- just just to close this up tell me um what what one major thing did you learn from your time in Mexico?
1: Mm, um, just the art of lucha libre, like it's, it's a whole own thing, you know, and like the, you know, the mentality of it. I mean, everybody says everybody in America is like, oh, lucha, it's so different and it's so like weird and stuff like that. And I mean, it is different. It's different in a lot of ways, but I mean, it's different, but it's the same in a lot of ways. Also, you just have to like understand what's going on. So, it's just, it's a different context, but it's a whole, it's the same thing, just from a different perspective, I guess. So, I mean, if there's anything that I can say I learned there, it was that, and just, you know, the culture of Mexico, which is so different, it is such a beautiful country, but it's also just like such a sad country, too, because, I mean, of all the violence and you know, stuff like that. And I mean, it's just so strange because it's just, it's, um, there's a lot of wealth there, but there's also like extreme, extreme poverty. Um, and you know, same thing with the architecture, like just the most beautiful architecture, you know, beautiful cathedrals and stuff like that. And then, you know, you go a couple blocks over and there's shanty towns and then you go a couple of blocks over and there's like the biggest outdoor market you've ever seen. And then you go a couple other blocks over and there's prostitutes on the corner. And then you go a couple other blocks over and it's, you know, really elegant hotels. And then you go a couple other blocks over and it's this. And, you know, it's just really just this crazy, like, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, it's just something I guess you got to experience, you know, but the whole Mexico experience. But uh, I was really fortunate to get to see a lot of Mexico. So, like, interior Mexico both sides of the coast, Guadalajara, Veracruz, uh, Veracruz was so beautiful. If I ever have the money to retire somewhere, like that's probably where it's going to be. Cause it was, we were there a week before Christmas and there were people that were still like swimming in the ocean. You know, I was walking around, you know, without a shirt on and in shorts. It was just so beautiful. The weather was amazing. So Awesome. And it was like right on the beach. That's awesome
0: Oh they say we're gonna we're gonna to touch base again with you on this because I have a feeling there's so much more we can chat with you about here uh, So we'll, we'll connect that we'll get we'll get that on uh, but in the meantime where can people uh, hit you up online?
1: Of course this is gonna be the part where my phone just winds up losing all battery <laughs> but uh, so yeah you can find me on Twitter I'm on there. I just recently changed my Twitter handle I'm Scotty tweets to you number two so uh that's on there um if people are watching this live right now i'm sure you've given me some retweets or something so just go down your list or whatever and that connects to my instagram which is scotty2selfie again number two i didn't really plan that but whatever it works uh and then i'm on facebook um and then i'm trying to think if i'm on anything else if i'm on anything else i don't use it like snapchat i'm too old for that. I don't know. I don't understand it. I'm just like, what? Why do I want to put this dog filter on my face? So, um, but I do. I do do the Instagram story, which is like kind of the same thing at this point. So, yep. if you want to get the Snapchat experience, but not on Snapchat, just follow me on Instagram, Scotty Two Selfie. I try and make it interesting. So, there you go.
0: Well, well, thank you so much for sharing your uh, uh, Mexico stories. Um, hopefully, you know, I'll let you go before your phone dies here. Uh, but uh, but but man, it's it, it's really interesting to see like that tour. I, I know I know it's hell for you, but it's uh...
1: It, it, uh, it was hell at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, maybe if we do touch base, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But honestly, it was being let down that much and being like that broken down. I guess wound up causing me to realize like a lot of things about myself and what I wanted out of wrestling and how I was going about getting it right. to where was able to start approaching it from a different way to where now I feel like I'm starting. I'm not quite where I want to be, but I'm like much closer now than where I was. That makes sense.
0: And that's what I want to touch on here in the future. Thank you so much. Scotty Santiago for joining us. Check them out and everybody else out there. Please subscribe to this. So many other conversations. Uh, Of course, we're touching base with a lot of people that we had on early in the show and and kind of of checking in with them. Uh, here in recent episodes, uh, you know J Rock uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, some other great ones in the in the past few months. All those episodes over there on the uh, feed for Indie Mayhem Show, and all the shows over at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Until next time, support Indie Wrestling.
1: Oh. This
0: show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network.